Blog Talk Radio. There's a direct relationship between having the businesses and being in prison. Go find an, see how many Asians you can find in American prisons. They ain't going to be in there. But 51% of your prison will be black because you don't, blacks don't have any businesses and industries. There's a direct link. Blacks won't practice group economics. Blacks won't practice group politics. If you don't practice, you're setting yourself up. I told that five-story building. You're setting yourself to get wiped out. Understand the nature of race, which is economic. If you, if you build the first floor, it's economic. Build your businesses and your industries. Control buildings and industry, and put that pools in your money. And hold that money. And, it's a, and practice group economics <clears throat> with it. Arab and Asian money bounces 12 or 13 times for at least. Jewish money bounces 18 times. Black folk got to learn how to practice group economics. Black Americans spend every penny they get outside their own community. Then you take the money and the wealth that you get from that first floor and go to the second floor. The second floor is politics. You then take that money on the first floor and you control your politics. Black folk must quit allowing people to tell them to go out and vote. Vote for what? Nobody's going to do anything for black folk in politics. Politics is controlled by money. Major corporations who got the money. That's what controls politics. If you have no money, you have no say-so, you have no benefits coming. So you take your money and you control and you take your money on the first floor, you buy every politician on the second floor. And any politician you can't buy, you rent or lease them to get what you need. Then once you get the second floor under control with the politician, with your money, then you go to the third floor. The third floor is then is the police department and the court system. You take your money from the first floor and your politics on the second floor and you control the court system and the police department. Then the fourth floor, you t- the fourth floor then is media. You then take the money that you generate off the first floor from business and industries <clears throat> and you go after radio stations, TV stations, newspapers, and cable systems so that you can now inform and communicate with your own people. Right now, <clears throat> black folk only control less than 35 thousandths of 1% of the media in the United States. Out of 12,000 radio stations, black folk own about something like about 75 or 80. That's all. You own no cable systems. You don't have a daily newspaper. You have nothing of importance. You don't. You got about one black TV station. And you, so you can't communicate with your people. You can't inform your people. You can't do anything. You can have Rush Limbaugh and all the rest of the guys talking about racism all day long and bad-mouthing you and O'Reilly. They can talk, call black folk all kind of names all day long. What are you going to do? You can't respond. You can't even communicate with your own people because you, you don't have an economic base. 51% of all the prisons in the United States are black people. You know, even though you only make up 12% of the population. That's no accident. It's because you don't control the economics and the politics. And they're going to go after the weakest people they can get their hands on to incarcerate them. That's the black folk. And what are you going to do in response to them when they, when they, over, when they, when they over incarcerate you? You're going to go out and have a march, a demonstration. We're going to march. March for what? Who cares? Marches never changed anything. Okay, it's January 1st, 2018, brand new year. Um, this is the Friday. I thought today we want to have the 1,000th podcast of It's My House. Well, that, that actually happened this past Friday. So we're on podcast number 1,001 for It's My House in season four. So I guess we average about 250 a year. Um Today's podcast is uh, based on our 2018 goal. We have one goal for 2018. One goal. And that is to produce one to five tiny houses 
per day, Monday through Friday, or whichever was Monday through Saturday, but one to five tiny houses per day. Hopefully we can hit that mark on a consistent basis within uh, by June. However, and we don't really start on this until nine days from now. Actually, about 10 days from now, we don't actually physically start to work on it. Um, That's this much. So in about 10 days, we'll be actually physically working on this goal. But in any event, that connects to the title of today's podcast, which is titled End Results Education. End, I-N-D, End Results Education. And, of course, the live stream number is 619-768-2945. Yeah, I don't do the New Year's resolution thing, and I don't even with the New Year's goal thing. I just narrow down to one, because when you get into, I mean, for me at least, for some people you can number things one through ten for the year and get through them. But I, what works for me is pick one thing and work on that, and give yourself twelve months to achieve that. So, like I said, for us it's one to five tiny houses built on a consistent daily basis um, for this year. Now, I'm going to play, uh, like I say, end results education because that, that's what we'll be doing to achieve this goal. We'll play this audio clip, then we'll have phone lines open. Um, so let's get to the clip and then get to the phone. Hi, guys. Jenna here with Tiny House Giant Journey. Today, I'm at Westminster College in New Wilmington, Pennsylvania, and I'm going to show you a tiny house that's built completely by students. Let's go check it out. Take my whole hand. Hi, my name is Justin Wilson. I'm a Westminster College student, and this is the Westminster College Tiny House. interesting thing about the Westminster College tiny house is it was built by students. Um, not all Westminster College students. Some students are from the Newcastle School of Trades. Every Friday we would come and we'd help them build stuff. They, they kind of gave us the easier stuff to do because they knew we weren't, you know, tradesmen or anything like that. One way that the borough let us keep the house here is to say that students could live here for a short time. Uh, it had to be academic. They're going to start tying in classes to the tiny house. So I met with a, a class last week. Uh, they are going to be a theater class, and they're trying to figure out a way to do a play inside the tiny house, whether it being outside or like viewing in from the windows. And that's one thing I think that makes this, this tiny house unique is that not only is it a living space, but it's also an a- academic space. a lot of debt when you leave any college. Coming into a tiny house, you could actually kind of fit the stuff you have from your dorm room in a house and kind of just live a more simple life and cheaper life. And I mean, you can move to places, so you don't have to stay in the same place forever. It makes your life kind of flexible, especially if you have a flexible career path. So I'm actually about to move into this house. I'm gonna be the first one ever. I really want to kind of work out the kinks so I can help the students that are coming in next to kind of get an idea of how they can live in here and have a successful time. 
So this is the inside of the Westminster College Tiny House, or I like to call it the Dub C Tiny House. Um, this is the couch. It actually has a lot of storage underneath, so you can pull that out and have stuff stored under there. And it also pulls out to be a mattress, a full-size bed. I definitely want to have a, a game night, a Monopoly night, or some. I'm more of a lights kind of guy. I don't know. We'll <laughs> see. We'll, we'll pick which game we're playing. Right. Uh, we have our heater right here, a propane heater. I know these get these guys get pretty hot, so excited about that. It's nice and warm here in Western Pennsylvania. The staircase um, actually has storage in, built inside of it, so you can kind of keep everything you have, so you don't you don't have to hang stuff. You can kind of just fold everything and put it in there. Um, I have a lot of shoes, so I plan on you know trying to use most of this to fit some of my shoes. Um, I'm trying to cut myself down to a certain amount of shoes while I move in. Um, so this is yeah, this, the stairs are definitely one of the most unique parts of the of the tiny house. Um, they're a little a little steep, but you need that. You need to have you need to save space. So this is the bathroom. Um, I'll sit over here. We have our nature head composting toilet that we has not been used yet. It's gonna be fun, I think. I don't know. It's, it's kind of a whole new journey for myself. Um, this is the sink. We got a full size sink in our bathroom. Uh, works and everything perfectly fine. Uh, and then we got the shower. We got a nice towel shower. Uh, regular standard size shower. Uh, hopefully I don't look like Elf in this shower. I don't think I will. Um, I mean, it's about right the right height. So you're definitely moving in, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. I think that you know, being I'm honored also to be the first person. Uh, four years of college, never thought I'd be the first person moving into this tiny house. Even before I moved in, everyone's like, "So do you live in a tiny house?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I guess so." <laughs> When I first saw this, I'm like, this is the coolest part of the house is the sliding door here. You don't see a, a barn door every single time you go into any house. I mean, it's, I think it's awesome. So the kitchen, um, one of my favorite places in the house. Uh, I like to cook. My, my mom always cooks, so I like to cook. Uh, we got a crock pot, which you can basically cook anything, and you can do anything. Uh, we got our stove top, electric stove top. Um, we got some nice drawers for, you know, totally different appliances and stuff like that. Um, we got your working sink. Uh, it's a little small, but I think, you know, it's a tiny house, a tiny sink. Uh, hopefully we get some tiny dishes. Uh, we got our nice rack here. Um, got our refrigerator that is an electric refrigerator. We got our microwave, but the plans are to get a toaster, toaster oven. Um, we'll see. I basically really only cook for myself, so I really don't need that much. I've learned just living in apartments and stuff to, like, you know, save space and kind of... So I think it's going to be a little bit smaller, but I think I'll be okay. So this is the loft up here. It's actually carpeted, which makes it nice. So I think you know, makes, kind of makes you feel a little more homey, a little warm. Um, this is the bed, um, just a standard twin size bed. Actually, I think it's a, a tall twin size bed. If you like to sleep in small little areas, I mean, it's cozy. How's this compared to a dorm room? I bunked with a with a few guys last year, and this is this is more room than I had when I was bunking with them. I mean, there's a few nights you know you hit your head and just like fall back to sleep and just forget about what you were trying to do. So. <laughs> Are you worried about anything moving into a tiny house? I think one of the strangest things is going to be is going to the bathroom in the composting toilet. Doesn't flush, so I mean there's a little twisty thingy that you know twists it, uh, kind of mixes it around. I guess the mixer. But I definitely think that it's a it's a good solution for anyone. It doesn't matter if you're young or old, but definitely for young people like myself who are trying to push their career forward and you know don't want to have to pay like two thousand dollars and a mortgage every month or I don't know how much a mortgage I haven't paid one yet so <laughs> just being around this tiny house makes me kind of even want to live in one after college I think if you want to live a cheaper lifestyle but still live in a nice environment and still be very comfortable I think a tiny house is the way to go
hope you guys enjoyed this video. I think it's fantastic what young people are doing in the tiny house movement, and it can be a real solution for alternative housing for people coming straight out of college. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe, and until next time, I'll see you guys later. Okay, uh, today's podcast, once again, is titled uh, End Results Education. What is End Results Education? It's essentially, that's why I played that audio. Um, you know, a lot of people go to a brick-and-mortar school and sit in a classroom and listen to lectures, read books, take tests. Um, let, let's say somebody offers a class, and I'm, I'm sure eventually if somebody isn't doing it already at a formal school, there might be a tiny, you can get a degree in tiny houses. Okay. I'm guessing. I, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm, I'm, I, college is a little bit slow to pick up brick and mortar schools, but somewhere down the line, there'll be a degree offered because their degrees offered right now sustainable living. But they might offer a tiny house degree. You can get a bachelor of science in tiny houses, uh, tiny houses or master's or doctorate in tiny houses. But that's passive. You sit in the classroom, like, so you read books, you listen to lectures. Whereas what I played in the audio, they cut out the middleman and saved a lot of time and money. They built one. And that's what we'll be doing a lot of uh, here in 2008, we have one goal. Our one goal is, you know, I don't do the New Year's resolution. It doesn't work. New Year's resolutions don't work for me. Or even if I have New Year's goals, plural, with an S on it, and I number it, I got five goals. I, you know, the energy's up today by the end of the month or by the middle of the next month. It's evaporated. So I just pick one goal. So our one goal for 2018 is to build on a consistent daily basis, at least Monday through Friday, one to five tiny houses per day. And hopefully we can hit that mark within six months. Now, one of the original guests I wanted to have for this program, he wasn't able to make it today, but let me go against this, because this is January 1st, and we got people with these new goals, and some people want to um, put together investment groups or they have this uh, vision or goal that they want to achieve. And what they're looking at today is, on January 1st, 2018, is raising money from others to to uh, get that goal into this realm of uh, this dimension of life. I, and this is I saw some videos this morning about uh, a guy named Dr. Umar Johnson who has this vision of organizing a boarding school um, for young men, and he I think he his uh, thinking he's about four million. That's that's what his GoFundMe account stated. Now, from the videos I've, I've reviewed this morning is there was a bunch of them. His GoFundMe account has been shut down. He's raised over four hundred thousand dollars so far. All right. 
towards the $4 million. But he's raised over $400,000. I believe the GoFundMe account was shut down. And then you got a lot of people that are saying he's not really um, a doctor, meaning he has a doctorate in uh, child psychology, whatever he claims to have. Um, this is what other people are saying about me. Now, I'm bringing all this up on January 1st because based on the videos, and this, this goes with end results education. You have to be very careful when you're taking money or soliciting money from other people, particularly people you do not know, and particularly when you're doing this heavily through the internet, even if it's not in that, you have to be prepared for the trolls because the trolls will put a monkey wrench in in your in your in your plans. Now, so so for people and this is this is Dr. Umar Johnson, hope you can listen to this podcast. Here's what I suggest. Before you raise a penny, now, let me put two things here. You can go solo, which is what I do. I, I you know, to set up what we're setting up here, I bought land by myself. No arguments, no questions, like it's, it's me. All right. The building, because um, next week I'll be out in Oklahoma. I just talked to somebody actually doing this podcast. It's like seven degrees, seven degrees out there this right now this morning. So I'm gonna have to stop by Walmart and stock up on some thermal underwear before I go. But um, but the buildings I put up there, I'm coming out of my pocket based on my budget. Okay, when you come out of your own pocket by yourself, the trolls can't attack you. Or not if they try to, it's nothing. They can't. It won't stick. Okay, because you you got the one hundred percent vested interest. Now, for some of you out there that are listening that want to do a tiny house or, or whatever you want to do, that's going to require money this year. If you feel that you don't want to go solo for whatever reason. And I, I I mainly go to solo part and get because it's just when people see tangibility, the credibility is there. Now, in the case of Umar Johnson, there's no tangible evidence as of yet. Now, I like his idea. I like to see him go through with it one way or another, but I'm, I'm just putting this out there for people, even for him how to avoid some of the, the trollism that he's, because he's getting attacked pretty heavily right now. You're going to raise particularly a large, if you're asking to raise that amount of money, $4 million. And he likes it. He's collected through GoFundMe uh, over 400000 But from what I understand, they, they've suspended his GoFundMe campaign. I would suggest before you raise a penny, Get yourself maybe, you can do it a couple of ways. Set up what is called 
Uh, well, first thing, for the people who donate money, um, and that's a tricky word, donate. Set up something on a realm of uh, member relations. Member relations. Member relations or donation relations. Because he's asking for donations. They're giving donations. So let's, let's stick with this legal. Donation relations. If you contributed anything towards his GoFundMe account or what have you, or anybody, set up something called donation relations. And donation relations is basically to give information to people to let them know how they, where their money is and what it will be spent on and when it will be spent. You should have donation relations meetings two ways, actually three. Well, two ways. Have live meetings, conference calls online, and then also, in in a case, in raising it to the internet, because you're getting money all over the place, have some key cities where you have donation relations, face-to-face meetings with other people who have given money, and you yourself and your donations relations head chairperson is there to answer questions. That, you'll stop a lot of trolls that way if you have a donation relations set up. And that, like I said, that's if you're on the scale of trying to do what Umar John's trying to do based on the money that he's actually raised, which is over $400,000. And he's trying to get the full man. All right? If people can actually see, feel, and touch you, or if they can actually hear your voice where you can answer their questions on a weekly basis or bi-weekly or at least monthly, they won't get scared or upset. Then you'll be, and you'll be stopping the trolls. The next thing is have a donation relations private membership website. So you can see that if people need a transparency thing in black and white, have it online, but have it once people have given their money, then they can get a special membership um, passcode to get into this private member website so the people who can't make it to the meetings, people who can't make it to the, I mean, can't call in on the, the conference call and participate on a consistent basis, they can go online 24-7 and, and get, will be updated that way. Now, just by this moment, because most of Umar Johnson's videos are, if you just see him, you know, you can't, when you're raising that kind of bread, you need, lone wolves get attacked by trolls. They get attacked by wolves. If you have a team of people, you know, more than likely, they can't attack all those people, particularly if you set, set it up this way. Next thing I would suggest is have a credible, well-known um, accounting firm into the picture. It is worth the cost that you're going to pay them 
So the, the trolls will be, you know, at bay. And the next thing, because people are attacking his academic credentials, for people, first thing, wherever you got your PhD or master's or whatever, don't put that out there because, see, then, the, then that school is going to be bombarded with trolls. And trolls that basically have no power other than to destroy. For all the people who donate, you have a person in charge that they can actually see your credentials. So everybody in the you know that is a, a, a paid member, they know, and they know what their money is, where their money is, how it's being spent, and the trolls can't attack. And then you got advocates on your way because he's gotten probably over five thousand, ten thousand people who've donated money to his cause. So if you have a, 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 a donation member relations. Uh, organization set up with what, what you're trying to do, then you've got 10,000 advocates to take care of the trolls. Then there won't be any, any you know, any investigations and into your licensing, your academic credentials, and, every, you know, people talking about he's run off with the money and giving all kind of, you know, inaccurate information. Uh, so now that does, that doesn't apply for Umar Johnson. That applies to anybody who's listened to this podcast. And let's say you want to put together a tiny house, and it might cost five thousand dollars in your estimate to put together five. I mean, the tiny house. That doesn't. Seem, it's not a whole lot of money, five thousand. But if you don't have it, it's the game. It's going to be five million. You don't have it. So you're thinking about, you know what? I may as well. Maybe I can raise money on. And I'm telling you. With the, when you're soliciting money from people you don't know, you're going to have to safeguard yourself. And matter of fact, even and I'm a positive thinker, but in these cases, you need to sit down and think about the worst case scenarios and then anticipate it and then structure yourself for the trolls if they come. Matter of fact, it's not a matter of if they come, when they come. If they Eventually, they will come, but then you'll be able to extinguish them quick, fast, and in a hurry because you've anticipated, you know. So, um, you know, you got, you got, and if you don't have the temperament to deal with um, trolls, because you got to have a special temperament to deal with trolls, okay, then you need to hire somebody. That that's what they do. You need a hatchet person, somebody that knows how to deal diplomatically with trolls. All right. So in any event, like I say, I'll go for 2018. Uh, we start working on it physically uh, next week in Oklahoma, and uh, they say, well, it's seven degrees. I, like I said, I just within the last fifteen minutes talked to somebody in and out there in Oklahoma, so in that neck of the woods. It's seven degrees. That's below zero. So, um, uh, and we'll be working outside. <laughs> but in any event, um, we have to take that into consideration. Um, so, we'll give you more information on that. But anyway, it's 2018. So, if you got any goals that you want to share with us for this year, Six one nine seven six eight two nine four five is our number. You can share with us, like I say, with us. 
Um, we'll be giving you bit by bit more information this week, and then uh, next week we'll be physically out there. And um, this week we'll probably be doing stuff on paper, you know, numbers. How much is, you know, how much is it going to cost to do this, that, or other? Because you have to get the building, you got to insulate it, um, and things of that nature. Uh, let's see. 773, your mic is open. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning again. Know. I had a happy new year to you. <laughs> yeah. I got a blue year. Well, that's the because, yeah, you're the first happy new year. Call because when you called me, I don't know, it was about one something. I said it must be important, pleasant calling that one something in the morning. Yes, sir. That's right. You know, I, I take it seriously because I was uh, – this time last year, I, I would I couldn't be on the show. I couldn't say good morning. I couldn't say happy new year. It, it's a special it's a special new year for me today because I didn't expect I'd be here for this for the for 2018. But anyway, I like well, I'm glad I like Yes, I'm 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 just tickled to death. That's the reason why I woke up. I woke up about 50 people last night. <laughs> well, I, I was already up because I got irregular sleeping hours, so I was already up. So uh, it was because yeah. I'm an hour ahead of you. So I said, "Well, if President Stephens is calling me at one something in the morning. It must be important." So yes, sir. I put yes, put, sir. The, uh, put the phone on. I mean, uh, I was on Netflix or something. So um, I said, "Let me pick it up." So it was good to hear you uh, on the phone this morning because you did have a. An interesting year last year, health-wise. Yes, yes, very interesting. But I tell you what the last year did for us. Last year kind of unified us across the board. And uh, I was talking with a guy last night for 2018, and uh, he pointed out something to me that I, I researched, but I hadn't really put in the harness the way he did. He said, the United States would not be a United States if Abraham Lincoln had not freed the slaves. What are we waiting on to build the industry and the homes that we live in? I said, you make a lot of sense. He says, if you count up the numbers of the people that died to keep black, black folks in slavery, he says, the United States would be Confederate states. If anything, because they wouldn't have won the war if it had not been for Abraham Lincoln freeing the slaves and allowing them to fight in a civil war. He says, count up the numbers and see for yourself. So, with you know how nosy I am, I had to do the numbers. And yes, the United States now is the United States because of us. We are the people whom, whom fought to get out of slavery. And we've got still have some people today that are satisfied on a comfort zone of being in slavery. They don't. A lot of them don't understand what we're talking about about building tiny houses. They look at tiny houses being beneath them. A tiny house is a house that you live in, and it wasn't as good as what we're talking about today with solar energy. A tiny house gets you to the next level. And the next level puts you into a house of your choice. When, if you're smart enough to make enough money 
and you can move somebody in the tiny house that are homeless, are misplaced, uh, in a uh, hurricane or whatever the case may be, that you weren't able to sustain your living conditions. Well, I think the idea that we've came up with for 2013, one to five houses, you mean I believe that we're going to overrun that. I think we're going to overrun that in six months because we right now we have people in California that need it, that's in need of shelter, housing, and placement. Right now, we have people broader in need of housing and place and, and, and being placed to where they can pull themselves up by the bootstrap and create the jobs necessary. The tiny house is going to be a job creator as well. So, yeah, I think that 2018 is going to be a great year for us to get back on our feet and to be unified and become a united American person with a vested interest in a capitalist system. So that's pretty much what I had to add this morning back to talking to the young man last night. And I think that we're going to, I think, this is me thinking, this is my analysis. I think that we're going to have more people that we talk that we can talk about because around the country, this is going to catch fire. Burn across the country. People are going to come in because we've got more have nots than we have than we have in have us. So thank you, brother L.A., for staying on point. Thank you for the new year because I will be working with you tooth and nail. And that's about all I have to say this morning, Doctor. Okay, good. Thank you for your comment. Yeah, the the uh, the tiny house thing, um, which is is global actually. People are just finding out you can. They're cutting out the fat. Because, um, like I say, most people, regardless of their income, most people only live in two rooms. Some three. Now, here's what I mean by live. I don't. Talk, if you have a ten-room house, and the house is fully furnished. Those rooms that are fully furnished and you don't hardly use those rooms or, or live in those rooms, that means eat, watch TV, or sleep, is basically cost is wasting money. It's wasted space. Matter of fact, I'll probably have it on here tomorrow. Um, uh, but people, you, you go to YouTube and they listen. There's a, uh, what do you call it? A video called The Story of Stuff. The Story of Stuff. So most people are living in houses or apartments, and you got this stuff that you really don't use or really need. Psychologically, you think you might need it, but you really don't. So essentially, tiny houses cut out about 75 to 80% of, the, of the, the space that you really don't live in, even if you're a family. I live in a primarily one room. There's how many rooms in this house? I'm counting it right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve rooms in this house. 
I only live on one. That's it. One. So uh, tiny houses allow you to, as a matter of fact, when I was married, you know, of course, in another city, we lived in two, sometimes three rooms, and that was about a 10-room house. The Queen of England, $18 billion a year income. She gives most of that vegetarian. $18 billion a year income. Now, let's break that down. And she's in, you know, Buckingham Palace. She lives in the She has a palace. Lives in the palace. She, let's say she sleeps eight hours a day. So that's eight hours. Uh, but, of course, Buckingham Palace is really an office complex, too, to be fair about it. But she basically, eight hours in a room, her bed, sleeping chamber, whatever, then she has an office. That's two rooms. And then she holds state dinners all the time. That's three rooms. That's it. And that's the Queen of England with an $18 billion a year income. So you have a lot of people on a bill budget that, you know, you got a bunch of people on a bill budget or a malt liquor budget trying to live in a place that's too big for you. And that's how you end up in rent court. That's how you end up in bankruptcy court. That's how you end up at the Salvation Army shelter. That's how you end up ass out on the street. Well, you know, look at how much space that you actually live in. Yeah. Not you. you, 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 you. The kitchen and bathroom, you use those. You don't live in those. No. Let Let me add something to what you just said. You say how many billion dollars of income she have a year? Eighteen billion. Yeah. Now, turn around, turn it around, and look at how much of that that she has to actually put her hours in, the eight hours a day for that month for to earn that kind of money. You got to have money, earning money. And if you don't have money, earning money, you can't get to that level. So therefore. It has to start with us. To our children cannot have don't uh, don't need to start over again because if they start over again like we have started over again, they will never get to the level of not being on on uh, food stamps. So food stamps, overpriced housing, too much tax, all the uh, other amenities that we have to pay for. Working an eight-hour, six-hour part-time job, you're not going to pull yourself up by the bootstrap if that's what you're going to continue to leave every generation to do. It just won't happen. Well, is so we have, brought that up because uh, the 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 I'm gonna tell most people don't know. If you look at the royalty, is like royal or the royal family comes from royalty, which is a legal term. Most people these days use it with, uh, you know, if you write a book or you have a, uh, a music record or CD or whatever, you get royalties. Rent is a royalty. You can call, you know, when you collect rent off a of property, you can also call, if you rent out something, every time you get paid, that's a royalty from that particular little duplex that might be in the ghetto somewhere. 
Queen Elizabeth's $18 billion income, and this is for anybody in here can plant the mustard seed today on this. She didn't, she didn't start with that. I mean, um, that was built up by King whoever way back when in her bloodline when he set up the estate plan for that. He basically said, all right, here's some properties that belong to the family. And nobody in the family can sell these properties. You can live in these properties and you can rent them out for income, but you can't sell them. Now, anybody within the sound of my voice in this podcast can do the exact same thing today. So when you pass on, okay, and you you go for the next generation to the next generation, and then it builds up to $18 billion a year. All right? But anybody within, so when you hear royal family, just think about it this way, rental income family. That, Queen Elizabeth, Philip, Prince Charles, all them, they're basically landlords. That's what royal is, or royalty is. It's rent. I've got land right now. I've got land that was purchased with $5 an acre. And it's been in a generation since the 1800s. And as you stated, it was set up. Yeah, the way I couldn't sell it. Uh, Just a couple years ago, and I, I've been growing trees on it. But let me give you another twist to this. And I sold some of the timber off of it for $6,000. Six grand, I sold some of the timber off of the land. Now, my tax is about $30 a year. Tell me how many years I can take that $6,000 and pay tax. Well, generation is what we're going to have to build. And that's what we haven't had opportunity to do because we've been enslaved by buying all of these high-priced houses. And I'm I'm guilty of that because we're buying all these high-priced houses and paying this high-priced tax. And as I've stated so many times, the big cities are not built for poor people. We have to build our own cities. We have, we have to build our own industry. We have to have our own financial institutions so that everybody, and you've heard me say this a thousand times, everybody has to have a vested interest. Just imagine how well off we would be if everybody had a vested interest in a capitalistic system to build tiny houses to start with and increase that as we grow. It wouldn't it wouldn't take two years. It's the well we'd be out of debt, we'd be off of food stamps, we'd have the jobs and the businesses that we need. We have to be worried about other people talking about well what is your credit like? Uh your uh what is your your bills like? No, we wouldn't have to be worried about that. Right. I think the move and with the movement that we've created now, it's uh, one of the ones that's been needed for the last 500 years. Yeah, because uh, yeah, where we, where we are here, quoted in uh, Tab, Oklahoma, 
That's a township that was built by former slaves. Um, yeah. And it's still around over 100 years old. They've got uh, uh, 13, 13 black-owned townships uh, in Taft. Most of them are over 100 years old, except for there's a one that's fairly new, but it was a community for over 100 years before it got incorporated. Yeah. But um, so we, um, you know that. Well, these tiny house communities are popping up now. Uh, so that might be a solution for people who are in um, dire straits, living in the city, so to speak. Uh, and on YouTube, you have uh, God it. Well, just type in their videos. There's a bunch of videos of people living in their cars. That's a whole demographic in the United States now, people living in their cars. Uh, there's yeah. another demographic, people living in their vans. Okay. Yeah. And then you have people um, that have taken uh, trucks and converted little school buses. So there's a whole lot of alternative um, housing arrangements right now, um, which uh, people are doing some are do, a lot are doing it by choice, some are doing it out of necessity, and some in between. But there's a there's a bunch of videos on YouTube like that. That's why I played that video yep. on that audio of the uh, the students instead of renting a dorm, they built their own dorm. Well, you know, which is a, a tiny house, so it's theirs, <laughs> and they can rent yep. that out. They after they're done with yep. it, they can rent it out yep. to other students. Yeah, let me add something to you, to this conversation. I live in a tiny house for 35 years, driving a truck up and down the road. 35 years. And I didn't have no clue about tiny houses until I talked to you. And I gave you the thing that I had actually did with my truck. Now, my truck was a lot smaller than a tiny house. It sure is. Because I can't, when I come home, how many times did I come home and stayed in, uh, stayed in the house? How much time do you spend in a $1,000 house, a $100,000 house, a million dollar house? How much time do you spend in it? What good is it? You know, that's a good <laughs> question because we've all met, I guess people listen to this podcast, we've all met people that bought a house and they don't have enough time to really enjoy the house because they're out paying the debt on the house. That's right. And then they wind up on food stamps. How much mm-hmm. good sense is that? That's not, that's not good sense. We're talking about education. I think we've been miseducated. Yeah, yeah, we have. Yeah, we have no, we've been no doubt. Uh, yeah, we that, have, that is... Yeah, because there are a lot of people, and some people, a lot of these couple, you know, people are married people, so the husband might be working two jobs, the wife may be working one, so that's three incomes. However, yeah. they hardly see each other. You know what we're going to, we, I think that other idea about uh, the school, and the library, those are, mm-hmm. those are some things have to be implemented right along with building these houses because we're going to have to 
have those schools to teach what we're talking about right today so people can get off of welfare and get off of food stamps. Because these people, we talk about homeless, they can't feed themselves because they're on food stamps. Right. Chain grocery stores. The majority of the people in our community is paying for their food with food stamps. What happened when they get knocked off with food stamps? What happened yeah, to that's the issue of food stamps? Then look at the look at the crime rate. See, the crime rate is the same thing. The crime rate is the same thing as slavery. It's mm-hmm. the same as slavery. When you lock people up, yeah, man. Yeah. Mm. If I had my way, if I was king of the United States, I would abolish all social programs. No Section 8, no food stamps, no nothing. And get it from the rough. Educate them. Because like I said, the way the educational system is set up right now, it's dependency. You know, they tell you to go to school, get good grades. Now, what's the end result? So you can get a job. Go to college. Get good grades and graduate so you can get what? A good job. Why do you need a good job? To go buy. The first thing, you're getting that job from somebody else that's depending on somebody for a paycheck. You're going to buy the house from somebody uh-huh. else because they, they don't, they're not teaching you how to build it. The whole educational system in the Western countries is basically based on you being dependent on somebody else. Public schools. Here's yeah. why I don't like public schools. Public schools basically indoctrinate you to work for the That's, government. Thank you. Thank to you serve so the government. That's the purpose of public schools. That's why I'm a big advocate of private schools or homeschooling. Um, well, let's take this next caller here. Uh, 336, your mic is open. L.A., we're having this morning and I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be off the line here in a second, okay? Okay, all right. Um three three six your mic is open. Greetings, Brother LA? Yeah. Grand Risings. Grand Risings to the It's My House family on this first day of the new year to everybody, Brother Pleasant Stephens. Uh, when you, you said you, you're going to be in uh, Taft on the 9th? No, the 10th. Oh, the 10th. All right. Well, I've connected with a sister, uh, Sister Ruby. She has land in Ogamogie. Uh She's not feeling her best today. Um, she's not sure, but I told her, you do exist. And she says she wants to uh, put tiny houses on her land in Ogamogie. Uh, so you can check that out as far as where Ogamogie is, I forgot, in reference to Taft. And um, in the near future, Brother L.A., I'm hoping to get her uh, on the uh, line with you. And I will ship uh, her number to you. So I wasn't at the top of the program, 
So what, maybe uh, what county is that in? Sir? What what uh, county is that in? I'm not, it's in Oklahoma. I'm not sure. Okamogi, it, it, it's all around there. Um, I'm not sure where Taft is, but, uh, I mean, in reference to Okamogi, it's, 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 uh, it's in that neighborhood. Oh, I found it. Uh, no, I found it. It's, uh, all right, it's in Okamogi County. The uh, population is a little over 12,000. Mm. Uh, let's see. She's Creek Indian. Yeah, let's Very see. Um, let me see how. Okay. Um, okay, she lives in Northern Monkey. That's. That's kind of a big place, 12,000 people. Well, she lives here, but her land is there. Mm-hmm. How many acres? I'm not sure. I'm going to get uh, you connected with her. She's not her uh, best today. She has a mm-hmm. cold. And, and I just uh, called her to let her know that uh, to see if she can chime in. She says, AZ, I ain't feeling good. So... I said, that's okay. Uh, I will uh, connect. And she said, that was okay. I could uh, pass her number to you. And, and um, oh, because all the Mogi's got, uh, the town's got over 39,000 people. Mm-hmm. That's kind of big. Mm-hmm. Uh, the smaller, I- the smaller the town. The, the easier it is to get this stuff done. Okay. But I don't know, all of, you know, like I said, just based on the population, it's, it's 39,000 is big for doing tiny house stuff. Okay. I, I couldn't tell you uh, the dimensions of what she owns or even where. Mm. I said that you are the, the person to have that reason with. Uh, because of what you're doing there in Taft. And and uh, she's kind of, you know, um, you know, uh, so I didn't egg her on or, or pry. I just said you got to do some research. There is, uh, uh, it's my house, wild talk, period. So yeah, but I'll wouldn't just be, hold, let me see how far... From town. Um, yeah, I can see Okamogi to um, Crafts. Uh, Thirty-nine minutes, thirty-two miles away. How much? 32 miles away, that's not far. No, I figured that. I, and I told her, I said, if if I'm remembering correctly, it, it, it's really not that far. And, you, and okay, thank you, Brother L.A. Um, it is not that far. Okay. I'll yeah, text half you. Hour drive. All right. I'll text you uh, 
Sister Ruby's number, and um, she is black Indian, and she has land. So you you can uh, go from there. Because there, there's always okay. there Hmm. I'm just saying, um, land they have available. All right, in any event, it's uh, 2018. If anybody's got any New Year's goals they want to share with us, uh, you can press 1. Uh, live stream number is six one nine seven six eight two nine four five. Once again, six one nine seven six eight two nine four five. We'll be doing um, um, other locations. Uh, we'll be doing offline um, schools because we're doing one room schoolhouses. Right? It's easy to set up a one room schoolhouse. Uh, but we'll be doing uh, uh, build educations in uh, not only Oklahoma, but Texas, Arizona, uh, let's see, Texas, Arizona, and Florida. And, of course, Oklahoma. Um, but we're, we're kicking things off, and I hope it won't be, I hope it warms up a little bit between now and next week, because like I say, next week we'll be in Oklahoma. It's, it was seven degrees uh, within the last hour and tab, so hopefully it'll. But you know that doesn't matter. We just we just get the thermal underwear, and we'll be we'll plan a lot of this because essentially we'll have somebody. All all the buildings that we're going to deal with will be essentially um, mobile. So we don't have to, we won't we won't have a uh, what do you call it a, a permanent foundation or anything like that and um, you had to get them insulated so we'll we'll be going over cost and all that stuff this week uh, on that and um, if um, you're interested in us coming to your neck of the woods you can contact us at two zero two two eight zero five one five three or drop us a line at by email, but at podcasters solar village at gmail dot com. That's podcasters solar village at gmail dot com. That's P O D K. I mean, excuse me, P O D C A S T E R S podcasters. Then solar village S A S O L A R S O L A R solar village. All one word, podcasters, solar village. There's two S's. Podcasters is plural, then store solar village. Podcasters, solar village at gmail.com. And uh, I don't know if we can fit you in for this year because we got a full plate for this year, but maybe next year, 2019, uh, we can, uh, but we can start planning on your location. In 2019, okay, because the stuff we had, we're working on this year, uh, we were in Oklahoma like two years ago, 
You know, first was a site visit just to see if we like, you know, just we weren't even thinking about buying just then we liked it and what's there for sale. And then we had to go through that process. So uh, now we're into, okay, now that we got the land, let's put buildings on it. Uh, and, you know, our three core nucleus of buildings are a library, uh, and all these are tiny, built in tiny houses. A library, a housing library, um, a guest house, and um, a one room schoolhouse. That's our basic nucleus, and then from that, uh, our goal is to one to five houses per day. All right, well, this is January 1st. So for people that are, you're playing, you got these New Year's goals and you figure you can't pull it off by yourself, I'm going to leave you with this clip today. I used to call it nine friends. I'm going to call it 12 friends. Say some shit to y'all that uh, I seen yesterday that made me smile, but it hurt me to my heart. There's a house next door to me that's been abandoned. And, uh, yard, the grass high as hell and everything. There's a couple of abandoned cars out there beside the house. Well, yesterday I get off work about 7 o'clock. A Mexican guy pulled up. He said, these your cars? I said, no. He said, I just bought this house, man. I said, alright, that's what's up. He was like, you know whose cars these is? He said, no. He said, well, I bought the house, not the cars. Okay, I'm like, cool. I'm thinking he's just coming to look at the house. I go back in the house, do a little straighten up. I swear to God, I walk back at the house. Now, I'm getting off about 7.20. It's fucking nine Mexican trucks just pull up. They got fucking beer, lights, and shit, right? So I'm like, what y'all finna do? He said, we finna fix this house. I said, what kind of crew you got working after 7 o'clock? He said, these mine. The fucking house is fixed this morning. They went in there and drywalled that fucking house. Wow. I just left out of there. It was a fucking abandoned house. That bitch looked new this morning. Whoo. It was an abandoned fucking house. And it looked new this morning. It's an old African proverb. Many hands make light work. I just don't think they're better than us. I just think we won't do nothing together. You're not hearing what the fuck I'm saying. It was an abandoned house yesterday at 7 fucking 15. That bitch is new this morning. He bought a tax lien house. I can't wait to see what they do. I can't wait to see is one family going to live in there. Is they going to... I'm going to get to know the motherfuckers.
you best believe me when I make some money, I'm going to do it. I'm going to bring us together. And I'm not fucking with a lot of people. 